It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We continue our breaking news coverage of the war in the Middle East. And we bring in uh, my great friend, Senator Kevin Kramer from North Dakota. Senator Kramer, thank you, sir. As always, we appreciate your time. You know, um, almost lost in the uh, news, explosive news and information, was the story that the Biden administration is lifting sanctions on Venezuela. They're lifting oil and gas sanctions on Venezuela because they think Maduro uh, is going to hold free elections? Really? I didn't know if you followed this one, but what? (laughs) Well, let me me even put it in a a weirder context, if if you could get weirder. So on Wednesday of this, this week that we're in, just Two days ago, um, Janet Yellen and the you know, Treasury Department announced that the um, that they were going to sanction eleven individuals, eight entities, and one vessel based on Iran, Hong Kong, uh, based in Iran and Hong Kong, and, and the People's Republic of China and Venezuela. Okay, so so here they, they've named an entity in Venezuela along with Hong Kong, China, and Iran for further for sanctions. All these very narrow. They're, they, they were they're based on Iran's ballistic missile and, and, and UAV programs. That was Wednesday. Thursday, Thursday, um, they they free up more oil from Venezuela. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Larry, you can't make it up. And, of course, you know, I know Janet Yellen's one of your favorite um, public officials, but th- <laughs> this woman is so uninformed and out of touch with reality. So, to the Venezuela point, and, and by the way, it's very related to Iran. It's this Venezuela is obviously not the military terrorist um, threat that Iran is, but they are an economic threat because they produce oil. They produce it a lot of it, and they produce it with filthy um, environmental standards. They produce it with poor labor standards, and then they compete with us in the global market. Our very clean oil, and um, the whole thing is nonsense. And then to your obvious laughable point that they make. That that this is all because Maduro has promised to have free and fair elections. Who, who believes that? Who really believes that? They can't believe that. I mean, it's inconceivable that they can believe that. And I can only say, I only think it's a cynical ploy, uh, you know, to put more oil on the market to keep the price of oil down. So they've always turned to their enemies when <laughs> they've had inflation problems. They, they mm-hmm. be in the Biden administration. Really remarkable. First of all, let's not forget. Biden created inflation. Sorry, but it is they are these are his policies that have quashed American energy production, uh, made it more expensive to build everything, made it more expensive to 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 move everything to market. This is all supply side craziness, as you know, and he's created this inflation problem. And of course, chief among the inflation problems, but one one of the two things that are not involved in or not considered quote core inflation energy um he's driven up the highest by by squashing american supply so Mm. what does he do when he gets in inflation trouble he turns to venezuela iran russia to produce more of the products we produce and then and then he turns to um places in asia and other places where he'll send that that envoy of his um and and try to convince them not to buy american energy larry Mm. it's 
absolutely crazy. So I, I, I their hate, hatred for American energy, I, I swear, drives most of their geopolitical decisions. Well, it's an interesting point. I mean, it's, energy is a, a national security. It's economic security. Uh, they're obsessed yes, by yes. it. You're right. They're completely obsessed by it. You know, I was uh, on a task force, National Security Council task force, to try to help. A member Guaido was the president of the parliament, and he he was the duly elected president. And we tried to overturn right. Maduro. We we did not succeed. We couldn't get it together. Um, eventually, President Trump lost interest in it because it wasn't going anywhere. But my point here is Venezuela. Uh, is dominated by Cuba and Cuban communists, Cuban military, and particularly, Senator Kramer, the Cuban secret police, the secret police in Cuba. I mean, that uh, Maduro is a puppet of Cuba, essentially. That's exactly right. And, and Cuba is a puppet, really, of, of, of Russia in many right. respects. Right. At the very least, they're all kindred spirits, right? So... So when you talk, think about the geopolitics of the, of the era we're living in, you think about a President Trump who was firm, but also, you know, also very accessible to, to the bad actors. But they always knew he was firm, that he was coming from a position of strength, and America was his first priority. And, and we had a much safer world, even though, you're right, we, we didn't quite get the Maduro thing squared away and, and overturned, but, but not for lack of effort. Now comes along this appeasing Joe Biden, who loves to pat himself on the back because he's such a geopolitical genius. He's such a diplomat. Well, he's mm. a diplomat for sure because he goes and gives our enemy everything they want, and so they like him a lot. That's not what looks out for the for America's interests. And you're you're tying the 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 the, the, uh, the lines between Cuba and Venezuela and Russia. These communists are more and more finding common ground. When at a time not that long ago, as you know, China and Russia were, while they were like-minded in some respects, obviously they're not free market capitalists, they're communists, uh, centralized economies, um, but they weren't peers. But now, because of this appeasement of this president, he's driving our enemies together in an alliance, and all the while not providing a lot of certainty or security hope for our allies. And it's really time to... To man up and, and get freedom-loving countries working together on things like these these sanctions that we're talking about. Do you really want to put the type of sanctions on Iran that will that will break them, that will bankrupt them? You need to you need to not only go at primary sanctions and secondary sanctions using the American dollar and, and America's economic might, but you need to do it in concert with other large economies like the European Union, Great Britain, like Canada. Um, like you know the, the the G7, and and really escalate this thing up and break Iran because without Iran there's not Hamas, there's not a Hezbollah, there's not there aren't the Houthis, and then you can get back to work on doing the thing that you all did so well, and that is bringing it, more like-minded, not exactly obviously, but more like-minded Arab nations to the peace table, normalizing relations like you did with the Abraham Accords, like. We're about to get done with Saudi Arabia and Israel. So, uh, in the Senate, is there any movement towards, um, I don't know, re-legislating, re-imposing uh, economic sanctions on Iran? So it's a great question because there there have been some efforts. There's a lot of legislation to do that and to to 
you know, to investigate further in, in what all, all assets Iran has, not focusing just so narrowly on just energy, although energy is obviously a big one. Um, but in the two occasions last week, Republican senators went to the floor with pretty basic Iranian sanctions legislation, re- refreezing some of their assets, um, re- requiring the uh, Treasury Department to look deeper into Iran's assets around the world, um, putting the squeeze on it, it, from every direction. And in both of those cases, those pieces of legislation were stopped. They were objected to by Democratic senators, which means we couldn't just vote on them at the moment on a voice vote or unanimous consent. And, of course, when that happens, that means you have to go through all the mechanics of the United States Senate process, which would take days and weeks and months, mm-hmm. especially since we have to fund the government yet, Larry. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't appear that, that there's a lot of bipartisan support for further sanctions. I think we have to keep that pressure on, but um, at this point, there doesn't seem to be. Now, there also is, as you know, and I'm sure we're probably going to get to it eventually in the show, but, you know, this this speech from the Oval Office and then the 105 or $106 billion uh, national security supplemental that the president put out, and the more we dig into it, the deeper dive we take, the less it is about real national security and the more it is about you know, kind of looking out for Ukraine, I'm not against that. Don't get me wrong, I don't want to sound like I'm against supporting Ukraine or, or supporting Israel. But the southern border stuff is just money to facilitate, you know, illegal immigration faster. And uh, and we really need to do much, much more on the national defense side for the United States of America. I say all that because next week there'll be a hearing on that, and I think therein lies the moment when mm-hmm. we get, a, get a, a big package like this on the floor. Um, I'm inclined to support a package as long as it's really about national security. And I think we ought to throw some sanctions things into that package as well and just demonstrate solidarity for, for Israel and, more importantly, against Iran. All right. I'm with it. I'm, I'm all for it. But you're right about the southern border. My understanding is that money is essentially to expedite people crossing into the United States, not to close the border. And somebody's got to have a conversation, you know, split that off and have a conversation about that. Because he's trying to throw that into this omnibus security supplemental. I'm sorry. He's not stopping anybody with it down there. Whatever it is, $800,000, a billion, I don't know how much, $800 million, a billion. This is, you know, this is border control as babysitters. This is not stopping the border crossings. This just helps them. Anyway, I got to get out. Uh, Senator Kevin Kramer, as always, sir, thank you very much for your time, folks. Quick break on the other side. We've got Ambassador Robert O'Brien, former National Security Advisor. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. This is the Larry Kudlow Show.